Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Used to Be Seen, But Now I'm Just the Dude podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is about music and other stuff in life, whatever it may be, anything, your wildest dreams. No, but mainly it's about music. Uh, basically, want to talk about music I used to listen to, music I listen to now, how that music I used to listen to often reflects the music that I listen to now. And sometimes just while on out and uh, listen to random stuff that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but for today's topic, I think we're just going to go over bands I used to listen to back in the early thousands. Uh, we used to have a large number of uh, mainstream quote-unquote scene bands uh, that now are few and far between, I would say. But nonetheless... I never was really big into Alex asking Alexandria. I want to preface that early. That band just never caught my attention. I don't. I don't want to like slander or, or trash bands because like everyone has their own opinion, right? You know, unless they they've done something terrible, uh, I, I you know, or you know, you're trapped. But I think that everyone has different tastes in music, so I'm not really gonna come on here and be like, well, this band's bad. Like that's. It's my opinion. You know, everyone has their own opinion. <laughs> Just because I don't like a band doesn't mean that they're bad or doesn't mean that, like, not other people can enjoy them. Jumping off to a hot topic real quick. Uh, so, I will almost never, ever mention Asking Alexandria, even though I know, I recognize that they were a very prominent piece in uh, the late scene era and metalcore era switching to now which is I, I i don't even know what this band is now just rock i guess um bands i like to talk about though are the ones you heard in the intro um and you know and i want to talk about bands that that i that impacted me when i was listening to scene and like there's a lot of there's so much music out there there's music from the three records music from epitaph you know old labels that had really really established artists and have I, I since moved on i'm not actually 100 percent sure what all these labels are still doing like i know victory records is still kind of kicking around i know they got sued a few times too because apparently they were not the best record label i remember i remember watching bayside at 2008 warp tour and uh <laughs> I, I think they just straight up said like you know, fuck Victory Records or something. I can't. It, it was something to that extent. Like it was just like, <laughs> what? Did I buy a record at cost because we don't want our label to get a penny. It it was something. It was something insane. And Bayside's great too. So like I, I've heard nothing but good things about those dudes. So um, and then obviously you can look up the whole dispute for the data remember um, thing that happened. Uh, if you aren't aware, Data Remember, I believe, here, actually, you know what? There's the internet. I'm going to just, let's, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this, so I wasn't prepared, so we're, we're looking it up now. Data Remember sues Victory Records. A Data Remember Victory lawsuit. Okay, that works. 
On November 26, 2016, Data Remember won the lawsuit against Victory Records. The band was given $4.02 million and won three of the four issues they were suing for fulfilling the band's contract, controlling the band's publishing, and digital digital royal... <laughs> my, my English is great. Digital royalty withheld from the band. So, yeah. Victory Records is super solid. Um, anyway... So, yeah, some of the bands that I used to listen to that really impacted me as a musician or impacted me in my life, um, you know, I, I, one one that comes to mind right away is Emerosa. Um, I remember Emerosa was one of those bands that when I was, like, struggling through depression and like, extraordinarily suicidal, like, I was that was at the peak of me being suicidal, I would say. Uh, I, this was 2006, 2007. And, uh, you know, Emerosa was, like, their... And it, I don't, I don't really listen to Emerosa anymore. This is more of like at the time uh, when Chris Reeder actually, I think that's how you say his last name, was still in the band. Who he went on to uh, make uh, a graceful, and that that band also was just fantastic. Um, let me see if I can hang. On. I'm gonna pull up a clip. So yeah, that's uh, that's Emerosa. This is your way out. Is the EP um, with Chris Reeder doing the the vocals on that? Uh, and you know, I, I, this reminded me of something. And like, I, even the songs in like the intro, it wasn't until I started really listening to um, Devil Wears Prada, which was probably 2008, I think. I think I might have I might have found them in 2007. I can't I can't remember because I know that Texas's South was getting really big around then. But you know, 08 um, is when plagues dropped. <laughs> uh, plagues, devil. I'm so prepared for this. Is this is how my podcast is going to be? I'm just going to say stuff and then <laughs> and then figure out. Oh, plagues came out in 2007, August 21st. Okay, so, huh. I feel like I, I listened to, to Plagues when it came out, so maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was maybe it was 2006. So the you know around 2006, 2007, 2008. Um, I I remember distinctly that I didn't really grasp breakdowns, um, and the hardcore culture that was hidden underneath all these metalcore and post-hardcore bands. <clears throat> that the scene was like, or the scene culture was was you know revolved around. Um, I it, it, I just find that to be very interesting because like now it's just like oh yeah it's a, this is a breakdown you know like so in that in that clip from uh I think it's the song's called Pochcoda I'm probably saying that wrong but E P O C H C O D A Pochcoda from Emerosa's this is your way out um 
it has that breakdown and but like i never i never knew that or like you know uh in the bless the fall song you know from the from the, i can't guys like you make us look bad yeah um <clears throat> you know that the, that also has breakdowns in it and like i just never i never really thought about it i just thought they were really cool parts you know i thought they were just like these heavy low-end really cool sounding you know parts with like really pretty top end twinkly guitar parts you know that i that i i really enjoyed um and i really like that clip i let it go a little long only because i feel like it encompasses a lot of the stuff that a lot of the music you know that i i started to gear towards as i got older um now i listen to like a bunch of the you know either <laughs> either beat down uh, i like a lot of beat down uh, a lot of heavier Hardcore, uh, heavy hardcore is what it used to be called at one point in time. I don't know what, what metalcore. I don't know what the hell you call it now. You know, if you were playing heavy breakdowns, I want to listen to your stuff. You know, Knocked Loose, uh, obviously is like the the front runner of that genre at this current point in time. But there's Bloodbather is one that's probably not getting as much love as they should right now. That band is um, absurd. Uh, you, there's just so many I could keep going. Dying Wish gets enough attention as it is, but uh, they're an up and comer, I would say, of that of that genre as well. Well, Dying Wish is more like metalcore, but that's neither here nor there, like traditional metalcore. Um, and uh, and then you know the other part from uh, Pashkoda has that really pretty lead with a heavy in- induced delay, and I feel like this really brought on music following this ep and there was there was plenty of other bands at the time doing the same style but this brought on to a bunch of other bands that i come to love like uh here i come falling um you know and there i think amorosa's ep and here i come falling kind of came around the same time and there there's a lot of bands in my local scene uh that i really really fell in love with this one band called anir and was um amazing uh you know i i that every time I saw that band, they were just spot on. I, I've never seen a local act be <laughs> be so good. <laughs> they they were just just so well put together uh, for the time. Definitely. I mean, there's plenty of local acts that I would love to give shout outs to right now, but that's not not the time for that. Um, and I feel like that really kind of led me into you know that that real post hardcore post rock sound kind of led me into the bands that I listen to most frequently today, which is like title fight, the story so far, uh, and all, all those, all those bands from the mid 2012, 2013, I still gravitate towards that kind of sound, which led to bands like, sorry, th- those bands were 2012, 2013, and then led to the bands today, which is like hot Mulligan, uh, charmer, um, you know, the Midwest emo sound. Uh, and obviously Midwest emo has been around since like the nineties, man. Like, American football is American football, you know, mineral is mineral. I, I, those bands are fantastic. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that like these bands influence those, but I, that, that generation, the generation now that's playing music like that, you know, the guys that are in their 19, 20, 21, like they, their products from, or even 22, 23, 24, 25, whatever their products from the music, you know, what in the early thousands, because uh, there were kids, you know, growing up listening to this as just as I was, and uh, I think that that plays a role into it to a degree. Uh, everyone has their own influences, but uh, for me in particular, why I like certain bands, why I like certain music, is you know based off of the music I used to listen to when I was in high school, um, and it's interesting because you know before high school I didn't listen to anything like this. I uh, listened to like. 
like the most punk centered thing I listened to was like Reliant K. But even before that, like there was, there was really not much of anything, you know. I liked rock or and rap, you know, um, growing up in a suburb of Baltimore. Uh, you hear rap, and I I I still listen to hip hop all the time. Um, Flash Flatbush Zombies is uh, there's there's a lot of it's interesting. I'm switching gears because there's there's a lot of you know uh, hip hop has like converted to two different entities and I, I don't know as much about hip-hop as i do know about the the post-hardcore and hardcore um scene so i'm not going to dive too much into it but i think there's one aspect of it and that's the sad boy rap um that's like really important and uh i don't want to like go on the shtick too hard because really honestly just look up the punk rock nba about sad boy rap um you know he talks about it all the time he he will be able to do it way better than i ever could uh but basically it's just to talk about like how that is slowly turning into today's scene culture emo culture um is the sad boy i love sad boy rap i listen to little people all the time uh juice world all the time you know there are tons and tons of sad boy rap artists um and i did not prepare anything for that so i I don't you know (laughs) i can't name them all uh i I wish horsehead i was like i was trying to think of this one artist that's like really good that's still still kicking (laughs) Hopefully he stays alive. Uh, rest in peace, the other ones who did not. Um, you know, Horsehead has that same kind of sound. It's just, it's just great. It's just really, I don't know what it is, and I, I just like it. I think it's cool. I think it's, it's, it's different. Um, now that I've gone way off track, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reel, reel back in. I, I jumped around a little bit too much, but, um, yeah. So Emrose's "This Is Your Way Out" is definitely one of the albums that stuck out to me the most when I was in high school. Um, and for those who don't know, I was in high school from 2006 to 2010. Um, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. It's interesting because I have two different ways that I feel about almost the same style of music because 2006 and 2007, I was just getting into it. So everything that I started listening to when, uh, I got into this style of music stands out far more than like. 2008 2009 and then you know the last year 2010 2010 was interesting because that that was the year of like the death death core right like that was the year that everyone was just like you know suicide silence Whitechapel, x you know and all all those bands that that followed um which they're oceano i mean there's there's tons I, i i played i watched so many so many death core acts but 2006 2007 since i was just getting into it those have this like really deep nostalgia for me you know and that's like amorosa a skylight drive uh bless the fall uh i'm trying to think who else from first to last there there if i i need to like actually dive deep dive into all those bands that that i used to listen to during that specific era because i can think about like tons of bands around that that time here i come falling is another one like that's that's like i'm gonna pull up a clip actually from here i come falling because that one's also not quite as well known you know like amorosa most people should should know or have an idea but the specific amorosa time that i'm i'm speaking of a lot of people don't even know about that ep they don't really listen to it too much um which is a bummer because i I think that that's great but uh you know here i come falling is one of those bands that 
fits into a little bit of a different shell. There's like this underground Christian. This was this is around the time when Christian core started to become really big. Here I Come Falling had, and there's a lot of bands that like all got influenced by each other. Um, Burden of a Day, I think, was kind of the leader of that genre, that style, and it was like. It's it, it's what in in my mind at the time I envisioned as post hardcore. This is like at the time where I would have put if someone asked me what post hardcore was, I'd probably direct them to this kind of sound. So here I come falling only had just the one record, which is kind of a bummer. Um, oh grave, why is thy victory? Where is thy victory? Not why. <laughs> Where is thy victory? Uh, it was on Rise Records. So this is like when Rise Records is really starting to like kick it off. Yo, okay, so this came out two thousand eight. Um, so yeah, it starts to follow that. I, I think around that time, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, there were just so many bands that had this like particular kind of sound. And I'm not saying they all copied off of each other. It just kind of worked out that way. You know, it's like the same thing in 2010 why everyone like had that kind of sound that was like super deathcore-y. Um, it, it just has this, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like a mix between like breakdowns and like really catchy lead guitar twingle riffs that are progressive based sounding and really just like really well written parts you know they're not cash they're not like they have catchy vocals but they're they're not grabs for like i i don't know i can think of so many examples of just like bland generic boring metalcore riffs that are easy to grab people's attention and uh and then there's like music like this that in my opinion sticks out a little bit more um but then, like, this can be generalized as well. It's it's really... I'm so terrible describing riffs for someone who's played guitar as long as I have. I just can I can't ever grab it. But the, th- the interesting thing about this is uh, the band lineup had... I didn't know this. Anthony Rivera... Um, it, or Anthony, sorry. Is a vocalist of The Overseer, but used to be the vocalist of The, the Ghost Inside, was the vocalist for this band. And then uh, Daniel Alvarado. Alvarado. That was hard. Uh, was the guitarist in My Children, My Bride. Um, so, you know, they, they're they moving on to um, bigger things. Oh, I didn't know this either. In the original lineup, uh, two members of A Graceful <laughs> were, were in this band as well. That's It's like, you know, musicians just know each other. They just pull from the same, same areas. Uh, I mean, I know that. I have definitely pulled from other bands when making my own bands. Not that any of them did anywhere near as uh, successful um as really any of the bands that i will mention at all shout out to all of my old band members that are listening to this podcast i love all of you but i want to pull up a clip from i see if i can find one of the some of the bands that i listen to yeah so here 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 is a clip from a band called anirin uh there's there's a lot of bands that you know all over the the u.s had a sound similar to burden of a day here i come falling and we're being 
influenced on the local level and they were they were all doing their own thing as well i'm not saying that like you know they were direct ripoffs or anything i think aniran was insanely talented and i'm i i am in awe of what these guys are able to do but uh just kind of want to like show where how influence kind of grows when you are a successful band or when you have any kind of an impression on anyone who is younger And the cool thing is, by the time that Niren had come out with that song, which is Empire Strikes Back Part 2, um, off of their their two-song demo that they released in 2010, they'd been a band for four years? Five years? Five years, I think? Four or five years. Um, I remember I saw them for the first time in a church. It was just, <laughs> it was an empty out, it looked like it was an emptied out underground pool uh, that has been turned into a place for I think they had church on Sundays but I just knew it as this place on Friday called Gen X where you could go and they'd have a, a show every single Friday and they would always have like some sort of underground band and typically they were hardcore typically they were some breed of scene metalcore hardcore whatever you want to you want to call it. some something of that nature so and it was like five bucks you can go in and sometimes the bands were just god awful um, you know, and then other times, I mean, cause there's just like, you know, sometimes they just had kids, they had anybody. It was really, really cool. Like giving all these people these, this chance and like, you know, unless you're just like a nuts musician, which I've seen a few times on people I've known where they just start a band and their band's amazing. And you're like, I hate you. My first band sucked. <laughs> it was so bad. It was pain. There's a video of the first show I ever played and it's the most painful thing I've ever gone back and watched in my entire life. I am so sorry, Ben and James. It was so bad. It was so, 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 so bad. And it was just because like, you know, I had that mentality where I can play guitar, uh, kind of not really let's play music you know and i i always like just jumped in when to start doing stuff but like the reality of it is it's like just because you practice first practice first (laughs) practice (laughs) always practice when you think you don't need practice practice and then maybe you'll be ready um i've only met a handful of musicians where like they just like this is my first band they start and you're just like yo (laughs) keep playing music you're so good um and, and going off the the branch of like bands that all kind of influence each other there is like i mean you can see it it's systematic like it's the same thing with the attack attack effect uh where attack attack you know basically was the forerunner of that synth breakdown genre and i i think if you listen to the style of music you know exactly what I am talking about, where a million bands wanted to sound like Attack Attack, even though Attack Attack Stick Stickly video got wrecked. Um, and again, Punk Rock NBA covers this. I am not going to do the stick only because, like, that's where a lot of my information just in my mind comes from. So I, I don't want to steal something that that he already did. Go watch it. It's on his channel. Check it out. It's really sweet. That video was great. I loved every second of it. Um. 
And I, I just find this to be really, really cool. You know, even in like the local scene, I remember seeing, I remember seeing bands become like a Niren, you know, because a Niren w- would have like tons and tons of, uh, of kids go out to their shows and like a scene, an area in Maryland that wasn't very, very prominent to be honest. Yet you'd find like, you know, a hundred kids at their show, <laughs> 150, like where are you, where are you coming from? Where are all these kids coming from? <laughs> um, so moving forward, there, there, after like the 2006-2007 era, that like really holds a lot of nostalgia for me. 2008 is really like the peak of me playing music. 2008-2009 or 2009 is the peak. Sorry, the peak of me playing music. Well, maybe 2010. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. 2008 is like the the starting of me starting to play shows. Like actually, just like consistently play shows. And 2009 was just like you know, two, three times a week I was playing a show, uh, if I could, if my parents would let me, because I was still, 2009, I was still 16, 17, um, yeah, because 2010 was 17, 18, and my birthday's in September, so I, I break it up into to halves, even though that's nine months and three months, so that doesn't make a damn bit of sense, um, I remember like 2009 i just having such a high exposure to so many bands like there there are plenty of bands in that year that that really take uh, a center point um and i don't have like this like like the way i feel about under oath you know i found them they were like probably the very first heavy band that wasn't lincoln park that i listened to it's funny because I went under oath into like Whitechapel into like impending doom. And that this is when impending doom was like, you know, well, impending doom's always been actually disgustingly heavy, but I think their first, I think nailed Dead Res- risen's EP is, is one of the heaviest things I've ever heard in my life. That, that EP is absolutely absurd. If you haven't listened to it uh, and you like, you know, old school deathcore, like go listen to it. It, it rips, it rips hard. Um, so under the like the way I think about under Oath, under Oath is my favorite band besides title, title fight I I can't make my my mind up between those two because they have they're so such a big influence such a big part of my life like music has always been a major focus for me in my life and these two bands mean more to me than like I I can't even I can't use words to describe how much these bands mean to me like what their music has done for me how it's changed my life how it's made me feel comfortable and be a person who I am today like I I seriously would not be I, I don't even think I'd be alive if it wasn't for for these bands you know like I I I owe so much to them and um, it makes me really, really sad that Title Fight no longer does music. Um, I have heard mixed things that they broke up or that they're on permanent hiatus. Everything says they're on permanent hiatus, which in my mind means broken up. You know, I think I would probably fly across the world, not even the country, the world to go see them play again. Um, that's how much, you know, I miss, I miss them making music. Every, every single piece of music, both of those bands has ever released has never disappointed me and there's only really one other band i could really say that about solidly <clears throat> because a lot of bands are still in their quote-unquote infancy i think if you're in your first two records uh you know give it time we'll we'll see how you develop uh because there's tons of bands that i can i can name or i can think of where the first two records really hit home for me and the rest of it's just kind of uh not very good like code orange is, has developed in that today um you know whereas like title fight under oath and the wonder years uh, are bands that have every single time they've they've released a record and I've listened to it. I listen to a record every like all the way through. Um, whenever someone listens to it, I, I I think that if I'm willing to, I think if you're checking out a band, 
you've never listened to before listening to a song or two is like totally acceptable i mean everyone's gonna do it like you just listen to one or two songs i think if it's a band that you've actively listened to give them the respect and listen to the entire record they took a lot of time a lot of effort to to put that record together and you should listen to their record through you don't have to you know i i'm just someone telling telling my opinions but like what they have done what they've gone through to put this record together um takes a lot it takes so much to to make a full-length record and you know i'm going to give them the respect they deserve uh to listen to the full thing all the way through uh and so those are the three bands that stick out that every time i've listened to their records when they release them have been fantastic and uh they've really hit home you know there, there are a few bands that are that have like come out with a couple records and then you know they have like a third or fourth record and i'm not really as big into it and then their last two have been great you know senses fails the one that's coming to my mind i didn't really like their third record very much i forget the name of it now and the fourth one where they you know kind of had the hardcore feel to it was pretty cool um but then the last one was fantastic um i forget the <laughs> i forget the name of this this record what is it called um it was I, I I was kind of bummed by the fact that I feel like it didn't get enough love um, because they it, they they definitely put a lot of time effort and work into it and it's just so good I mean it's just from start to finish there there wasn't anything that I had a problem with um, if I can if there's a light it will find you. Um, yeah okay so let it unfold you still searching great life is not a waiting room is okay the fire i didn't not like very much at all i didn't really like run answer either to be honest pull the throne uh, the thorns from your heart i really enjoyed that was the, the record that you know that was the most hardcore sounding to me run answer gets there close to it as well but pull the thorns from your heart was great um and if there is a light it will find you was just ice <laughs> It so so well done. It was it hits it hits on so many good topics for today lyrically. Uh, the the structure of the album from front to back was was very well thought out. Was, you know they they definitely did a really good job of being able to hone in on a, an album from start to finish, and the title track is so good <laughs> uh it's so good it has it has more of a pop punk feel so it kind of gets to you know the the. <clears throat> The stylings that like if you if you start to sound more in a specific way it, towards like a pop punk genre today for me that's gonna stick out um i'm really going to enjoy it i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it because i i love pop punk i've loved pop punk since man 2010 even before that like 2008 because like 2008 was when like <clears throat> a lot of the pop punk stuff started kicking up with a day to remember uh and then uh, set your goals, uh, for your strong, you know, the easy core is what, uh, is what is often referred to as, uh, I just, I call it all pop punk, but you know, easy core is easy core. Um, I love that stuff. I love everything that's ever come out with it. It probably comes with the fact that like, I, I obviously was, you know, 2003, 2004 listening to all the TRL bands like everybody else. Um, like blink 182 some 41 and that kind of resonated with me during that time so it kind of kept along um 
Yeah, I guess I guess earlier when I said I listened to rock, I forgot about all the all the mainstream pop punk bands I listened to. Those those guys too. Yeah, uh, so that's that's really I guess where you could say I started from. It's kind of hard because the, those were so enveloped in mainstream culture that it's it's hard to like remember that 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 is actually a part of uh, the underground scene um, that I love today. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up here uh, and come back with a lot better structure. <laughs> Uh, then try and free ball it. Uh, so if you hated it, let me know. If you loved it, let me know. I don't really care. Just tell me one way or the other so that way I can know if I should continue to do this or not as I lose my voice at the end of this podcast. Have a good rest of your day.